Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. I'd like to start today by introducing you to a new sponsor that I'm happy to endorse because one, they've got a great eco-friendly product and two, they give back to underprivileged communities. The new sponsor is Real Paper, the bamboo toilet paper that both does good and feels good. I think you'll be as surprised as I was by how Real Paper is both super soft and strong. Plus, no dyes or inks are used, and the packaging is biodegradable, too. When it comes to giving back, Real Paper's charitable goals are to increase access to clean toilets around the world, which, as you may know, is a serious problem in many developing countries. I encourage you to try Real Paper out for yourself. You can get it delivered right to your door with free shipping, plus 25% off, by going to realpaper.com, spelled R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com. Then use the coupon code LIVING. Once again, that's realpaper.com. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from The Power of Mental Demand by Herbert Edward Law, published in 1916. What is it that wears out and breaks down machinery? Friction. What is it that wears out and breaks down lives? Friction. Friction retards action reduces productivity, and wastes power. It wears, destroys, kills. Friction is the most constant problem in mechanics. It is the most destructive element in life. When spoken of literally, friction applies only to physical objects. Figuratively and metaphorically, it applies to life and new individual and social relationships. As applied to life, it is so apt a figure of speech that we do not realize that it is one until our attention is called to it. We speak of friction in an organization, or between individuals, or in our own life, and realize that it is so wearing, wasteful, and needless that it seems the very same thing as the friction of mechanics. And while we have learned many ways for reducing friction in mechanics, we practice very few for reducing it in human life. The greatest cause of friction in machinery is a failure to clean the machinery of the dirt it accumulates. The greatest cause of friction in life is a failure to keep our minds free from worry and cares. Few lives wear out from overwork, but many do from the friction of fear and fret and worry. To the individual there is a double loss, as we suffer the wearing pain of friction and lose the buoyancy and resiliency of life. In ordering out life so as to get the best out of it, whether that best is success in business, personal happiness, or influence and leadership over others, 
Nothing is so important as to avoid hurtful friction. I say hurtful friction because in life as in mechanics, there is necessary and useful friction. The friction between our shoes and the floor enables us to stand up. Without friction, the belting in machinery would be useless. Without friction, we could grasp hold of nothing, and people would starve to death and be destroyed from the sheer inability to carry on the simplest and most ordinary operations. So in life, there is a necessary and useful friction. The friction of one mind upon another has a stimulating and wholesome effect. And out of the friction that emulation, wholesome rivalry, and strong influences produce, there comes the best zest in life, and most of the progress. The friction to avoid is unnecessary friction. Such friction as in mechanics is caused by putting sand in the gears. We call that sabotage when it is done to destroy the machinery by some saboteur. But in life we ourselves are guilty of most of the sabotage that wears us out. Let's talk now of some of the causes of friction which have lined the shores of time with the junk of business and mental wrecks. I speak first of anger, malice, and hate. The damage these do is pure sabotage. They are coarse, destructive sand thrown into the gears of that most wonderful mechanism, the mind. They erode and tear it. They not only interfere with its working, but they destroy its power to work well. Nearly as bad, perhaps quite as bad, are fear, fretfulness, and irritability. They destroy in a measure that is incalculable. Then there is the finer sand and dirt of bad habits of mind, such as a lack of concentration, and the clogging up of the machinery by the mere accumulation of unimportant details. It is safe to say that the average man or woman could increase their mental power 30% by the elimination of friction. The mere statement of this fact proves that very thoughtful, systematic, and thorough effort should be made to avoid friction in every area of life. The effort should be first to avoid it in oneself. Never permit anything to worry or irritate you. Simply make it a principle that you will not be worried, that you will not be irritated that you will not fret nor worry, and above all, that you will not allow fear, anger, malice, or hatred to enter your mind. Situations will arise and collisions occur which will test this determination. Give to each as it arises the best thought that you possess. Never answer on the impulse of the moment nor decide on a course of action while in an irritated mood. If necessary, lay the matter under consideration aside, and take it up 24 hours later, when a good night's sleep and a calmer state of mind 
will enable you to see the matter in a different and truer light and to handle it more wisely and effectively. When you are tempted to take exception and be irritated over what seems to be an injustice or is unsatisfactory in any sense, put yourself in the other person's place and consider it from their point of view. To be just requires reason and thought. Remember that the one who is in the coolest mood, the most collected mood, the mood most free of either thought or care, the one who is in the least hurry, who throws overboard all anxiety as to results, who is not too eager, who can lie back in their chair and make a joke or laugh when millions are trembling in the balance, the one who keeps all the reserve force until it is needed. That is the person who can play the best hand in the game of life. The contentment of mind that we get from our work is itself a matter of great value. It enables us to see everything in a cheerful, promising, encouraging light. It enables us to be interested in everything about us and to forget our business cares at night because of the consciousness that when the day's work has been well done, the morrow will find us able to do that day's work equally well. Now thus far I have spoken particularly of friction and its effect on ourselves, but it is not confined to its effect on ourselves. It also affects others. Its influence extends in ever-widening circles. In our contact and dealings with co-workers and employees, there should be care to avoid friction. This does not mean that we shouldn't hold others to a high standard of performance. Indeed, that is one of the best ways to avoid friction. After all, too much play in the machinery causes not only a loss of power and effectiveness, but increases friction. Every well-balanced person can be developed to greater possibilities by an equitable, just management, and an expectant fulfillment of their duties. Laxity or permitting poor methods means disappointment, fretting, and discontentment. That is, friction. Indeed, it means more friction, because before this fall can be corrected, stringent measures have to be employed, and this in itself causes friction. No one can do their best except when they have full control of their faculties. And no one can have full control of their faculties when they are worrying, discontented, or impatient. It takes an even, quiet, steady course to produce the best results. Overstimulation is injurious. Understimulation is depressing. In either situation, the goal is not easily obtained, and the friction that comes from an unsuccessful and disappointing effort takes away a future element of strength from the best powers of the individual. There is no royal road to harmonious relations. It is a road of thoughtful management and consideration 
and a firm commitment to perform each one of our duties. Any carelessness which destroys harmony is a crime. Any laxity that permits careless, ineffective, or poor methods is a vice. If you have ever kept company with a speedy walker, and had to trot every moment or two in order to keep a pace, you know the friction and irritation of such a walk. The business world furnishes an exact parallel, but methods can be taught just as thoroughly as a person's gait. However, do not nag others, for that is simply to irritate and inflame, and is a product of neglect of proper guidance at some earlier time. Mere contact with a well-balanced person will tend to calm and settle a naturally irritable person. The opportunity for a cheerful, peaceful, resolute, quiet influence in business is great. Everyone with whom you come in contact should be made to feel this influence, to know you for a person characteristically strong in this direction. It has been said that the control and direction of ourselves is two-thirds of the victory in controlling and influencing others. A mind free from worry and friction has always a reserve force. The character of our thoughts, the method of contact and influence which we exert, have distinct value. They influence others to gain or loss, to enthusiasm or depression, to achievement or failure. And this influence is far wider than the sunshine or happiness it inspires, the contentment or discontentment it causes. It shapes the whole character of our business, the whole nature of our relationships, the character of those we come in contact with, and our own character too. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover, or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.